boundaries are actually a defensive tool because the appropriate boundaries don't control, attack, or hurt anybody. They prevent your happiness from being taken away from you at the wrong time. Hi, and welcome to the Girl Who Can podcast. I'm so, so happy you're here. It's time for you to remember that you are the girl who is valuable, inspiring, and deserves to live in the confidence that is uniquely yours. Because my friend, you are the girl who can, but we're also not a place that expects or promises perfection because striving and hustling for the perfect looking life, one, doesn't exist, and two, will rob you of who you were created to be. So stick around and let me remind you of how to be the girl who can with who you already are. In this podcast, we have conversations that inspire you to be productive, stay rooted in purpose, but also learn how to embrace the imperfection that is just part of the journey and remember that you're not alone in that. So hi, I'm Arissa, registered dietitian by trade, but most importantly, your friend, and I've made it my mission to live and share with you the importance of working hard, but also resting well. So I invite you to be the girl who shows up for herself as we get into today's episode. Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Girl Who Can podcast. Happy you're here. Happy if you are a returning listener, a new listener, whatever you might be on the other side of this microphone listening to this, whatever day of time it is for you. I just happened to glance at the stats for my podcast listeners the other day, and there are people listening in so many different countries, and it truly is mind-blowing. I feel so, so grateful to have this platform to talk to you, be your friend, an encourager, and just somebody who can walk alongside you to do life with you and make you feel like you are the girl who can. And I promise you that is not a lie. You are the girl who can with who you already are right now. And we just learn different things each week. I talk you through my experiences, what I'm learning, what I'm doing. I get this question all the time, like, how do you come up with content for your podcast? And truly, I feel like I'm more often than not talking to myself or my old self, things that I have worked through and I know was not, I'm not alone and you're not alone in talking through these things. And so, yeah, just, I hope this, if this reaches one person, you know, I am happy. I truly do this because I enjoy it. I am a dietitian. I know I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but I really do feel like where I find life is just pouring into other people. As a dietitian, I am encouraging people all the time. We set goals and I love seeing other specifically women live their most healthiest life. And so, yeah, that's what I do. Like, And so this platform really is just really to bridge the gap between that side of the world that I do often do as a dietitian of encouraging others and motivating. And really it's not about motivating. It goes beyond that of what are your values and how you show up for yourself. And ultimately that impacts how you show up in your relationships and your work and so many different things. So yeah, that's a big rant on again, why I started this podcast, but again, just another week, happy Wednesday. And I'm so grateful to be here with you 
kind of, sort of in your ear, but you know what I mean. Um, We show up together every Wednesday. And if you are a new listener, you just heard why, you know, I started this platform. But if you're a recurring friend here, you know how this goes. Every Wednesday, we just dive into another topic. And we're going to talk about boundaries today. That is something that I, again, am consistently trying to work on, but it really should honestly be a continuous effort. I really feel like no one is ever perfect at boundaries. Like, yeah, we know that they exist and we know that we should probably work on them, but it's like this invisible thing that we are always trying to grasp and try to understand of how to utilize them in the best way. And sometimes we don't even know if we're doing it right. Like I I feel like I'm like this when I think about boundaries. Like I would like to say that I'm good at putting boundaries down in place, but that could be in one area of my life. But there's relationships, there's work, there's spiritual boundaries, there's I, there's a million different things that, you know, sometimes just slips through the cracks and we're like, how did we end up here? So I wanted to talk about this because like I said, I'm leaning into this myself consistently. And especially as I transition from a in-person job and I recently just got a work a hundred percent remote job working from home. I feel like my boundaries are just all mixed together when it comes to separating my personal life from work life, from my home life, just in even my downtime, because everything is just meshed together in these walls of my home, which again, I am so, so grateful to have a remote job. I know that that is a luxury that a lot of people would like to have. Some people actually don't like a remote job, but for me, I is something that I really, really wanted for a long time. And I feel so grateful and blessed to have a remote job. Um, but yeah, there's, there's pros and cons. It's double-edged sword. I'm currently trying to just figure out, you know, how to be a lot of different things under one roof. And yeah, so there's, there's pros and cons, but, um, also just outside of that, you know, I've continued trying to work on how to speak up appropriately, how, what to say in a gentle, assertive way when I feel like something isn't right. Um, communicating how I'm feeling, not only in a workplace, but even to myself, like being honest with myself, um, or the friendships or romantic relationships. Also what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to, remembering that my no means no, um, and saying yes to things that are going to bring me joy or even sometimes discomfort. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is sometimes saying yes to those things that you know are going to challenge you. That doesn't mean saying yes to anything and everything and taking every opportunity just to figure out what you're maybe going to be good at. Um, It's more so just being intentional about what your yes actually means rather than just saying it to saying it because you think it's going to bring you an opportunity or whatever it might be. So I am never perfect. I get burnt out honestly more 
uh, often than I would like to admit, especially recently. But, um, you know, I have been in a place where I stretch myself too thin. I've been burned in relationships. I have trusted too much. I've expected too much. I've overshared and I have felt disappointment. I have felt guilt. I have felt shame. And so know that if you are currently feeling those things or those are maybe reoccurring things for you, I have felt those things before and I know what that feels like. So when I am sharing, you know, about my personal experiences, um, yeah, I mean, they're honest and they're true, but I, yeah, I'm not perfect. And, you know, I, I work through things as these things as best as I can, but I do feel like these are important conversations to have because sometimes when we just live in isolation with any of those things that I just mentioned, um, it's not purposeful. We don't grow from it. And none of those things of feeling burnt out or stretching too thin or being burned or expecting or guilt or shame, you know, like if, if you are just letting them sit as that and leaving it as that, then you know, there's no purpose that really comes out of it and no story or testimony that can come from in the out the other side and really share and help somebody else. The, your story can help somebody else. And um, yeah, so I just encourage you to listen, reflect. Maybe this podcast will help you start to share and even be honest with your own feelings. And also where this started is um, I picked up this book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And to be completely honest, I have not finished the book, but I started it and I thought it was just, it can be really life-changing. There are, there is already a lot of information that I feel like is I have to kind of like let simmer and let myself soak on it. I can, this is not a book where I feel like I can just read on a casual Monday night um, for 10 minutes as I wind down and go to bed. No, like it is something that I, you just really need to reflect on and um, be honest with as you're reading the pages. It it can be really life-changing. So yeah, that was Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. I think I got on Amazon, but I actually wanted to share in this podcast episode some things with you along with my own personal insight, but something's in this book that I am learning and I have really kind of, uh, have stood out to me, but yeah, I am not, you know, I'm not a therapist. I don't claim to be at all, but I am just sharing my own personal insights along from this book. So I encourage you if this podcast makes you feel like, you do need a therapist or you do need to talk to somebody who can give you tools um, of how to set boundaries, then please, 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 I encourage you to, you know, seek out that emotional support because that can be also life-changing. But the first thing that I wanted to talk about is some of the myths around boundaries. And again, this was mentioned from the book, but I really liked how it laid this out. And one of the myths was setting boundaries is selfish. And it was debunking that and saying, no, actually appropriate boundaries increase your ability to care about others. So usually we can think like, okay, boundaries, like we're just constantly thinking about ourselves and it's selfish, but actually having them in place can help you respect the other people around you and help you put your relationships first because um, instead of being selfish, where you think of selfishness, it's a fixation on your own wants and needs 
and excludes the response, your responsibility to others. But there's a difference between being selfish and being a steward. So maybe you're being a steward in by setting boundaries for your relationships. Um, and when you think about it, things that you want, or you, you might constantly say like, oh, I want X or oh, I want Y, or I need this and I need that. That can, depending on what it is, it can lead to a bit of selfishness. But when it comes to boundaries, you may not want what you actually need. So an example might be you might need help with the fact that you might be a bad listener, but you might not want it. You might not want the help right now to help you with your bad listening skills, but you might actually need the help. It is something that you need. So as you see, it, it your needs when it comes to boundaries are focusing on what maybe you need to work on um, isn't selfish. It can be an act of love to the other people around you because then when you start to work on the fact that you know you could be a better listener, it, that will not only help you because you'll be more self-reflective, but it'll help you respect the other people around you by allowing an ear to listen. And I think what's interesting about this is that God actually meets our needs. You know, God is more interested in meeting your needs than granting your wishes. God meets our needs, but he also says that we should ask and seek and knock. So we still have a bit of responsibility over our needs. I'm a Christian, so I'm a firm believer that God will meet all my needs, but I don't believe in just, you know, sitting around and twiddling my thumbs and not actively participating in the process. God does call me to act. And so I can be an active participant by taking action on what is going to help me serve others better by putting things in place like boundaries. Putting boundaries in place is an action step that we are called to do that ultimately protects my heart and others around me as well. And your life is affected by others. Like let's, that's just the truth. And so this just ultimately impacts your entire life. And another myth that the book mentioned was setting boundaries is going to hurt others or you will be hurt in the process. So let's just take a common example of someone is arguing with you or you have a boss at work that is pretty negative and setting a boundary with this would be bringing up how you're feeling or confronting the situation and the response or the pushback that often happens of why we don't do this is because the other person is going to be hurt or they might respond in a way that hurts us and ultimately hurts our reputation. And so setting boundaries, you know, is going to be somewhat of a risk. But something to come to terms with is that we don't have the power to control how others respond to your no. Sometimes people will hate it. They won't 100% agree with you at all times. And that's just the reality of it. But oftentimes the reaction of other people will tell you or confirm something that needs to be done in that relationship. I know this has happened to me multiple times where, you know, I am 
putting a boundary in place and the other person isn't respecting that boundary. And a lot of times, yeah, that does bring me a little disappointment or sometimes a a lot of disappointment because I might have the utmost respect for that person or maybe it's a romantic relationship that you're in and you're trying to set a boundary and they're not respecting the boundary. And so it really hurts you because you really want to continue that relationship. But I promise you that boundary, if it really is connected to your values and if the other person isn't respecting it, then your boundaries are going to protect you from a hurt that might happen on a larger scale if that boundary is not put in place. And I'm not saying that boundaries are just going to leave you alone because that might cross your mind. I know it has for me where like, I don't want to set boundaries because I want to keep this person in my life. Like they're my comfort or maybe it's all you know, or it's somebody that's been in your life for a while. Um, But at, at the end of the day, like you are meant for a relationship with others, you know, but the right people that will lift you up, that is what you are meant for. And if that is what you are currently not getting, this is your sign. And I'm telling you as a sister and a friend that there might need to be some pruning in your life. There might need to be some reevaluation of friendships, some boundaries in place, because I want you to be surrounded by people that are going to lift you up. Um, You know, like I said, the enemy really tries to isolate you and make you feel alone And I promise you, there are people waiting for you who want to be your friend, who want to lift you up. So get yourself out there and join a small group, attend events, and try and meet other people that are like-minded, that share your same values, instead of somebody who is going to tear you down. But I get it. You know, there might be boundaries are actually a defensive tool because the appropriate boundaries don't control, attack, or hurt anybody. They prevent your happiness from being taken away from you at the wrong time, attack, or hurt anybody. They prevent your happiness from being taken away from you at the wrong time, from the truth. Boundaries are actually a defensive tool. Because the appropriate boundaries don't control, attack, or hurt anybody. They prevent your happiness from being taken away from you at the wrong time. And I thought that was so good. And so starting to view boundaries as like this shield or protective boundary that is going to protect your heart and your life, try and just reframe how you're viewing the boundary. And I think on relation to this, um, you know, with not setting a boundary because you're afraid you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else in the process is that we feel guilty setting boundaries. Like sometimes setting boundaries like aren't fun on the surface. We might feel like we're not living up to somebody else's expected expectations of us or the way somebody expects us to perform or whatever it might be. Like, oh my gosh, I have many experience with this one, especially on myself, like in relationship to myself, what I expect of myself, how do I perform um, in work or just side things. I mean, it's just crazy. I'm like rubbing my head right now because I've been in so many different seasons where You know, I have been really bad at just setting boundaries with myself and I don't do it because then I feel guilty like I could be doing more. 
Um, but also this is in relationship to just other people for especially in like a workplace. You don't say no or you're just a yes person all the time. And in relationship to just a job, not speaking your mind in a meeting or saying no to a project. Like I said, you say yes a million times when you actually don't have the capacity to do it. Like if if it's out of your job scope or if it's just being thrown at you for no reason, whatever it might be. Um, but the book says this about this whole concept and I liked it. So the idea comes from the fact that we have received something. We owe something to somebody. The problem is this constant non-existent debt we have. And this relates to the love you receive, the money or time, anything that causes you to feel obligated. Anything like that really should start to be perceived or viewed as a gift. And I really like this because when you think about a gift, there's just gratitude. You approach it with gratuity versus like a give and take. So for example, like if I'm given more time in my day, I should view it as a gift, not like an obligation that I need to fill it. And, or if I'm given my paycheck, you know, um, money from my job, instead of viewing it as an obligation, like it is a gift. And so I can show up to work in a more grateful way versus I'm there out of obligation. And so going back to that example of, let's say I'm thrown a project where it just doesn't even fit any of my timelines or not on my calendar. And I I'm not going to put 100% effort into what is being asked to me, then, you know, instead of viewing it of like, okay, yes, I'm going to take it and just ultimately end up disappointing myself and my superior, um, but I have to take it because I'm getting paid, you know, I can say thank you, you know, for thinking of me uh, for this project, but I have X, Y, and Z in place and I can finish that project that you asked me, but in two weeks time not by the end of the week. And again, that's a bit of a boundary. It's honest, it's true, but that reaction that you might get to that might not be what you want or you're expecting. You know, it might be something that somebody's going to have a little pushback with, but um again, going back to you are not responsible for somebody else's reaction. It's said um, in the book to see uh, the other person as the problem to be fixed is to give that person power over you and your well-being when actually the real problem lies in how you are relating to the problem person. If you are the one in pain, like if you're feeling frustration around that person's reaction of your boundary, you have the power to fix it. It's not that other person's problem, even though we might complain about them after work, which I encourage you not to, but really start to reframe the fact that like, don't give that person power, you know, to make you feel the way that you do. The real problem is how you are relating to the problem person. Um, yeah. So I thought that was helpful and I get it. These things are a lot easier said than done. Everybody has a different circumstance, a different relationship at work or in home or with their kids or friends. You know, this is not a cookie cutter blueprint that can easily work 
100% of the time. There are so many different personalities that we have to deal with. So, you know, these are just little tips that I think um, can help you just start to think about things in a different way. And something else that the book touched on so far that I've read is feelings and how we view them or use them to communicate. Um, And it gave some examples, which I relate so well to, um, but it said that I, like, let's say you're in an argument with whoever it might be, and you might say, I feel like you weren't listening to me. I have said that so many times, but what you're actually saying, that statement, you know, like, I feel like you weren't listening to me is not a projection of how you're actually feeling. You're really saying what you think about the other person. It's not a feeling. You're saying what you think. You're saying you think you they didn't listen. Um, and so really, you should be telling that other person, I feel sad or hurt, etc., because you seem distracted when I was trying to have this important conversation with you. So just really starting to think about your word choices, um, which oftentimes we don't really think about them in depth. We just kind of say things to say things, especially when we're in the heat of the moment. But also feelings can be a warning sign telling us that we need to do something. Like if you're angry at somebody for something that they did and you think that your anger is their problem and they need to fix it, you will wait years. I mean, I have also dealt with this on my own personal level, but as mentioned before, it is your responsibility to tell that person how you feel. And I get it. Some of you out there might not be a confrontation type of person, but again, it is your responsibility to tell that person how you feel because your anger will end up turning into, not will, but your anger could turn into bitterness, turn into a bit of anxiety, turn into a resentment against that person. Um, so you don't want to let it get to that point. And so try and nip it in the bud by, yeah, getting a little uncomfortable. And maybe it starts with sending a text or sending a voice note to a friend or asking them out for lunch or coffee and continuing to talk about just your words, how we kind of frame them in relation to how you're talking to other people and setting boundaries. I think, and I have felt this in relationships or friendships, sometimes we feel like it is our responsibility to change the other person. Um, And maybe there is something that you don't necessarily like about the other person. And I say this kind of loosely, but, you know, let's say in a, um, in a relationship, um, with a friend or even a significant other, like they're, nobody's perfect. Okay. Like there are going to be things about that other person that you just aren't going to like that might annoy you. And that is normal. I'm not saying you need to set boundaries for everything and every anything that that other person does to annoy you and say it out loud to them. Like there is a time and place, but if it is a big thing, if it is a big thing that is whether severing the relationship that really is bringing conflict into the middle of your relationship, um, if you just 
accept it because you don't like confrontation. It just keeps the problem going, okay? You might complain about it to other people. You might turn into that um, or use those words that I previously mentioned of, I feel like you're doing this. We start to project and then it turns into something bigger and might lead to resentment and yeah, a falling out with that friendship or relationship, which if it is some thing or somebody that is close and important to you, it is important to, yeah, communicate, set those boundaries by, yes, accepting the person as they are and loving them as they are, but giving them appropriate consequences is a better approach from what the book said and from what I'm learning. So for example, the book painted it like this. So before boundaries, you might say to the other person, as an example, stop yelling at me, you have to be nicer. After boundaries, you would say something like, you can continue to yell if you choose, but I will choose not to be in your presence when you act like that. Or another example, a little bit of a more extreme before boundaries, you have to stop drinking. It's ruining our family. Please just listen to me because you're wrecking our lives. After boundaries, you can choose to not deal with your drinking, but I will not continue to expose myself to this chaos. The next time you drink, we will go to my mom's for the night and we will tell them why we are there. Your drinking is your choice, but what I put up with is mine. Mic drop. I mean, like boundaries, guys, so important. It leaves a clear line in the sand. And I like how you you still are accepting that person. You're still you know, you're doing this in a, a gentle way, a kind way, but you are still protecting your heart by giving the other person appropriate consequences. Okay. And the last thing I wanted to talk about today is boundaries with yourself. And I know I've kind of touched upon this already a little bit, but wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it. Um, you know, we're our own worst enemies. We might be able to a little bit more easily set boundaries in place with other people. Maybe you're one of those individuals. Um, but when it comes to our own selves, whether it's our own money, our own time, our self-control, we just can't set the boundary. I think the easiest way to think about this is like food. Because as a dietitian, I deal with this all the time. I constantly hear like, oh, I just don't have the willpower to not have a cookie every single time uh, after dinner, or I don't have the willpower to stop eating when I feel full. And I think the problem with this here is that we rely too much on willpower. We just think saying no is that simple. And again, a problem here is that it makes an idol out of our own will. And if we continue to rely on our own willpower for the rest of our lives, we are guaranteed to fail. That's just facts because our will is only strengthened by our relationships with others and with God. And so the book even says that we can't make commitments alone. And oftentimes we just think willpower is our own doing and we are left alone to do this all on our own. And we are not supposed to, you know, invite other people into what we might be struggling with. And so then we withdraw 
when we do need the help. And then we feel shame from whatever it might be because we're so, we feel like we need to do it on our own. And like I said, in the book says as well, like we are meant and created to invite others in. The more we isolate ourselves, the harder the struggle becomes, right? Like think about a medical issue. Like if you broke a bone and you think, oh, I just have the willpower to like, you know, let this heal on my own and I got it figured out. Like the the bone's not going <laughs> to heal on its own. We need medical attention to set the bone back in place or have the right brace or get prescribed medications, like whatever it might be. I'm not in the medical world of fixing bones, but hopefully you get my analogy or concept with that. Like we need to invite other people in to not further isolate ourselves and make the the struggle harder than it needs to be. And that is something that God never intended for our lives, for us to live alone or us to completely only be acting out of our own will. Because if all we needed was ourselves and our own willpower and worked on our own at all times, we wouldn't need God, right? Like we would be unsure if we even need a savior, but that is far from the truth. Like we need a savior. We need God because we cannot act ever out of our own strength. Because if you think about it, that's our willpower. And when you think about when sometimes we just rely on our willpower, we stumble and fall. We need a savior. We need the strength of our creator. And in the book, it says, We need to look at our symptoms. Where is the bad fruit in your life possibly? Is there greed? Is there anxiety? Is there panic? Is there work problems? Is there depression? You know, there's so many different things. So it talks about identifying the root of the fruit. Where is that root stemming from? Is it fear of being in relationship with other people? Is it unmet emotional needs or a lack of training. And what this means, the book references this as lack of training means that some people never learn to accept limits or to pay the consequences of their actions or to delay gratification when they were growing up. So again, if this is you or if this is any of these things are kind of sticking out to you, of like what is the root to maybe the bad fruit in my life? Um, you can't do this alone. And so I encourage you to seek out friendships, mentors, people that you trust, get into a small group um, within your church or start talking about it openly to a counselor. You know, there is therapy, which is a great life-changing gift that we are given. And so I'm not a therapist. I am just here to just paint some solid pictures for you that I'm learning in this book. Um, But yeah, it could be that you, the root might be, you're covering up emotional hurt. Like there's so many different things and everybody is so different and uniquely made. And this is nothing to feel shame for. These are just things to be mindful of. So then you can take an active participating step in what you can do from there and then set boundaries, not only with yourself, but other people around you. And I get it. These things are hard. This is a lot easier said than done. And as I said, you know, in the beginning of the episode, sometimes boundaries are just like this big ambiguous thing that we know we need to do, but we don't really know how to do it. And there's so many ways to set boundaries as we're learning um, together in this podcast episode and throughout this book. Again, the book is 
Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can just scroll there and there'll be a link to Amazon if you want to buy it. But as weird as this may seem, the book also says that rejoicing in the guilty feelings, it may mean that you're actually growing and moving ahead. Because as I mentioned, you know, sometimes we feel a little bit guilty, like setting boundaries, because either we feel like it's selfish, or we feel like we're going to hurt the other person. Or maybe it's uncomfortable, like for us, like these things are uncomfortable, but kind of starting to approach it with curiosity versus guilt over time will help just continue to stretch and grow you. And also at the end of the day, if love other people around you who are setting boundaries, maybe with you, that they are practicing how to set boundaries and we're all not perfect at this thing called life. So it's always going to be a journey and a process. So just have the grace for those around you who are maybe saying no um, to things that you're doing and setting boundaries boundaries with you because nobody is perfect, including me. And so, yeah, hopefully this was helpful. Always want to give you topics that you want to learn more about. So feel free to connect with me over on social media at the girl who can podcast or my personal Instagram at Arissa Lujano. I'm off Instagram for um, another week. If you've been following along, I'm doing a social media fast. I am taking you guys along with me of what I'm learning. And yeah, so check those episodes out. They were posted the past two Mondays, but I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and this conversation just really started to maybe stir some new thoughts for you where boundaries might need to be put in place either with yourself or with other people. And if this episode helps you pass it along to a friend, if you want to share it in your stories and tag me on social media, I would also love to see you share the love and invite other friends into our community. If you could also do me a huge, huge favor and leave me a review over on Apple Podcast, a written review, it helps me out so much, the growth of the show or on Spotify, wherever you are listening. But I love you guys. I will talk to you next week. Bye.